and welcome back to CCL's podcast, Lead With That, where we talk current events in pop culture to look at where leadership is happening and what's happening with leadership. Allison, it's here. The first step to the Everything app. And it came from the exact technocrat we thought it would. No, not Zuckerberg, I see you smiling, not the metaverse, but Elon and X, the Twitter rebrand that will go even further to transform the global town square and impress the world all over again. That's their words, not mine. But let's not count out our friends at Meta yet. Um, as the metaverse is getting ready for the next crypto boom, because it's coming, uh, they've seemed to put their energies into the potential power vacuum that Twitter threatened or promised. So are you, listener, up on your threads yet? And yes, another harbinger of Twitter's doom, Threads, is the spin-off app from Instagram that focuses on conversations rather than visual content. You can log in with your Insta account, share text updates, and join the public conversation. And unlike building from the ground up, like other Twitter competitors have been forced to do, Threads gets to tap into the 1.6 billion strong user base of Instagram to get into the fight. And with over 100 million downloads in the first five days, faster to that number than ChatGPT, TikTok, and Instagram itself, the fight looks like it's on. But as one might suspect, numbers are flagging down 70%, some 13 million active users a day on threads to Twitter's 100 million active users. So Twitter's not done yet. Today, then, we'll learn a little bit more about threads, discuss the X rebrand, but really dive a bit deeper into the implications these platforms hold for leaders and leadership, how do leaders leverage these platforms to foster meaningful connections with their audiences, what does this say about innovation, does any of this actually matter, and a few more things in between. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Ren Washington, and as usual, I'm joined with Allison Barr. Allison, are you on Threads? I technically have a Threads account. The only time I was on Threads was to get my account. I have not been I have not been on since. Okay, are you a Twitter user? Are you active on I'm Twitter? I'm not active on Twitter. I have a Twitter account, but mm -hmm. I couldn't even, I don't even know my password. I couldn't tell you the last time I logged in. Okay, then. So I guess the million dollar question is and I think I know the answer. Uh like do you care about this Insta Threads versus Twitter thing? Personally, I do not. From a business and organizational functioning and trends and market trends, I find it to be interesting, but I've found that the social media channels that I use a lot, people simply share threads and tweets on Instagram. So I don't even need to go to either place to get what's on those platforms. And so you're saying like, um, because of the other places you interact, anything that you'd want to digest on threads or Instagram, you can see those posts much like I see TikTok posts on YouTube shorts. Exactly. People repost on various yeah. platforms, so I don't find a need to go there. Well, if you're not already, follow Allison on TikTok. <laughs> you can find that on the TikTok app. Uh, but okay, so I hear you. So kind of like you have access to the conversation and you alluded to some of the things that that we might discuss today. And and I do think it probably might help people to get a little bit more understanding of kind of what Threads is and then talk a little bit around Twitter, or which we'll not call it that anymore. Uh, but I, I think that'd be an interesting place to start because, so you logged on to get your Threads account and that's the end of it. But do you know much about how to use Threads? Did they give you a rundown when you logged into your Insta account? Like, what do you know about Threads? They, they give you uh, an option to, quote unquote, learn more about Threads when you get your account. 
And the functioning is very similar to Twitter. So I did not watch the tutorial. I considered making a post on threads and then I didn't because just, again, personal preference, I prefer hearing people's voices and I prefer videos. That's my preference. So it's very similar in its functioning in terms from the user experience that is to Twitter. And the ease of threads, and I think why some people like it is because when you're in threads, you have the option to share to your Instagram account directly. You don't have to screenshot it or download it to then reshare to a, a different platform, if you will. And when I joined threads, it automatically inherited all of my followers. So if you're looking to join Twitter today or X, <laughs> it's very hard for me to call it. X. <laughs> so let me just call it Twitter. If, you're, if you join Twitter Who today, you X? cannot pull all of your followers from different platforms. So I think that's part of the appeal for threads is that you can just pull all of your followers instantly. Yeah. And I think to the single platform interaction is advantageous, I guess, sort of maybe as you alluded to, you can do up to 10 photos in five minute long videos on hmm. threads, just so you know, so you could you could set the curve there, Allison, uh, I guess to like 500 words versus 280. But I mean, I think what we'll talk a little bit around too is, you know, what's the functional difference in these tools when we explore how they're all aiming to meet the same kind of market needs, but then they're all trying to compete for maybe this this space with one another, like you said, this X versus Twitter thing. And we'll talk a lot more around this potential rebrand, but I don't know if there's a discernible difference and I don't know if I care. Yeah. To me, it's sort of the same as, you know, do you wear Nike or do you wear Adidas? you know, different, different product, yeah, right? But people get very yeah. attached to their brands and their preferences. And in some ways, I don't think this is the case yet with X and threads. Some people get royally attached to brands and it becomes part of their identity. So it's like, oh, you're on, you're on threads. Oh, you use threads. Oh, you're sticking with X. Like there's an inherent assumptions get made about people who uh, are loyal to certain brands. So I, I think it's more about that. A lot of people, at least as I hear it on social media, were excited for a new platform because they didn't necessarily want to be using a platform that Elon Musk is running for personal reasons. So I think the appeal is more of ownership versus functioning. Yeah, I think, and we'll explore maybe that dichotomy here in a moment, which I'm I'm interested in, but something too that you highlighted that I want to get in later, especially when we talk maybe about innovation or just some of the leadership lessons to be taken away from here are like identity science mm -hmm. that goes along with our attachment to brands or values or what we use and why we use it. And so I think that's something that we could probably glean from this conversation because really like I couldn't care <laughs> less about which one of these mouthpieces for billion dollar organizations and billionaires wins the day. Uh, it really, really, I don't care. Uh, but when you said, you know, Nike or Adidas, I go, huh, that's interesting because there are certain things that I would wear Nike for before I learned about some of their practices. And then there were certain things that I never even considered wearing Adidas. Like I would never buy Adidas shoes, maybe some of their gear, but always Nike cleats when I played mm -hmm. football. So I guess I can glean this attachment to these ideas of 
of who's using it and why they're using it. But that's really interesting because as I started to dig into looking at who was using it and why I was using it, I read this story by the New York Times about the most famous celebrities and how they interacted with the platforms. Mm-hmm. When did you get your your Threads account? When? Yeah, like you said, you you signed up the first time you used it was when you did it. Do you know when you like off the top of your head or do you have to go back? So I can tell you it was whenever it was announced and you could go and go and get your account. I didn't do it right away. It maybe was two weeks later. Yeah. So Ellen DeGeneres was one of the first users on Threads. And uh, in this New York Times study, they looked at, okay, what what happens with these 15 celebrities? Compare their interaction with Twitter. And by the way, are we calling it X or are we calling it Twitter? You said you've been installing X and you feel super comfortable. No, Is that what we're doing? I don't. Is it really called X? I can't. I, don't, I'm, it, I had to be very conscious to call it X. So let's call it Twitter. <laughs> I, when I was reading the first article about it and I saw it, I thought, okay, so like they turned the T sideways. So it's still Twitter. It's not a bird. It's just the sideways T. Um, but it's called X. Right? That's like what they want us to say out loud. I, I believe so. And. Okay. Someone thread Elon. We may we may get into this, but we yeah. maybe we'll get into this. But Elon Musk has has had a uh, his cult following has talked a lot about his Elon Musk's fascination with the letter X. I don't know if you read about that and how he yeah. PayPal he tried to turn PayPal into X and mm. essentially the he got booted out of that company because he was trying to make crypto part of that platform and call it X. So I. I just changed gears on us rather fast. Maybe we'll get into that later, but well, there's he's an got interesting name attachment. Yeah, there's a name attachment for him. And there was a Twitter user whose whose username was X. Like, did you read about that? There was a Twitter no. user who had been on Twitter since 2011 or around that time. And Elon Musk, of course, took his username away from him and they just sent him an email and said, your new username is is at X123456789. Eight seven six five four three two one. First of all, it's a very long username. That's a very so long they just username. trolled him. They that's what they did. Yes. Damn. Yes. Anyhow, I just changed gears. Nothing like welcome to our new platform. Uh, here's how I think about your name. Right. Uh, it's well, ours now. you know, I'm glad you changed gears because, frankly, I don't remember where we were. Where were we before we diverged into? So Ellen DeGeneres, you yes, asked me when. first user mm-hmm. on Threads. You're so good like that. And she like, posted New York Times said, OK, we follow her 14 other celebs. Let's watch their interaction. Wiz Khalifa was the only person who posted regularly average double digit posts. It was over a 20 day study. They looked at it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what the science of Wiz Khalifa's posting strategy, but it was most of them, like a lot of new user buy-in. They interact with a little bit up front on the front end and then not at all towards the latter end. Some of them never at all, like Kim Kardashian. She downloaded it, never used it. Uh, maybe just like you, Allison, you'd fall into those categories. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about some of the user dips... It, it, I think at one point Zuckerberg was feeling pretty happy about threads, massive uptick in in initial use, lower interaction in ongoing use. But the thing that I found most interesting from the New York Times study was that the real winner is Instagram. You said it up top, like, uh, yeah. we like threads because I can just transfer it to Instagram. I think Instagram is one of the most frequently and commonly used platforms on Earth. And so it's. When I look at that, I was like, Instagram outdid both Twitter and Threads for daily interaction by these celebrities. So I don't know how true of that is that for you. Which part? My I don't know. Do you use Instagram? Does it 
or which I guess you prefer video, but do you find your video on Instagram or TikTok or what? Like, what do you think? TikTok is my preferred mm-hmm. platform. Interestingly enough, last week, TikTok updated a feature and now you can you can make a post. It's still a video, but you can make a post that is text. So mm-hmm. it essentially now is offering the same thing. It's yeah. still presented to you as a video, but it's just text on screen. So if I wanted to tweet, essentially, I could do that on TikTok. So TikTok's my pref- my preference. And a lot of that has to do with the algorithm to me is a lot smarter on TikTok. And so the things that I want to see, I see those and it pushes new content based on what I look at and like. And the reach on TikTok is far superior than Instagram. So you're just able to reach a broader audience a lot faster. So that's why I like TikTok. And I just have a preference for visual. But what I will say is that I don't use Instagram as much. I might get on there once or twice a week. But like you said, you can see TikTok videos on YouTube shorts and you can see YouTube videos on Instagram. You can see them all on on Instagram to your point. I think you're right that Instagram is the winner here because everybody pulls their content and puts it on Instagram regardless yeah. of your preference. And I do, I don't all the time, but I do maybe once a week post some of my TikTok content on Instagram. And, you know, when you talk about TikTok and then you say their new plan, what they're doing, it it reminds me of how the, I think there's this interesting rush to fill the gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the head of Instagram, Adam, forgive me, Adam, your last name, Mosseri, Mosseri, you know, what are you going to do? He's like Twitter's volatility and unpredictability under Elon is the thing that provided the opening. Yeah. And I think TikTok's like, well, shoot, I mean, people like Allison Barr who make meaningful content on our platform they like our platform. Let's give her access to a way to talk to the people. And so I see all these people running into this and rushing into it. And then it's like, I don't know, is innovation a thing? I mean, we look at Twitter and they talk about X as a rebrand. I'm really interested to hear what you think about uh, the CEO's Linda Yasserino. I don't know. Also another, I'm killing it on the last names today. You know, I'm interested, like, what do they mean? It's an app for everything for the future. And is it just Elon's infatuation with going to Mars is this, I mean, he's the owner now, but he's not the operating officer. And right. so I don't know. I mean, like all of this stuff is it's just like putting makeup on a pig. It's redressing the same problem. So is there innovation? Like are any of them solving a problem or are they just giving me different colored shoes? So, I mean, innovation is, certainly a behavior that exists with any organization. What I think we're talking about here, though, more specifically, is market dynamics. And so it's no secret that market dynamics are constantly evolving. And I think all of the parties that you just mentioned, Ren, are responding to that, as any business should. Also, they are tech companies, all of the companies that we just mentioned. And technology has rapidly been evolving, especially since the the pandemic. And that technology has put a lot of pressure on companies to innovate quickly. So I'm not so sure that Twitter, I don't know with the small amount of information that I have, but I'm not so sure that Twitter was one of those companies that needed to react to the general pressure of market trends and technology evolving. Hmm. However, 
I don't know. Twitter had such a strong brand resonance and such strong brand recognition that it surprised me a little bit that Elon Musk rebranded. I mean, how many companies do you know, Ren, that have such strong brand presence that it, it quite literally became a verb that most people know? To tweet is a verb, to retweet is a verb. That kind of brand resonance and recognition takes years for companies to develop. W what do you think about that? Well, I think, what the hell? I do not understand. I frankly, like, I, I'm not even kidding. I'm maybe taking a dig at myself when I read it. I looked at it. I said, when, what is it? I don't even know visually what it's supposed to mean. Is it a sideways look? I understand maybe the X is filled. I, I think that it is really strange. And I wonder, who in the hell is going to call it X? I, when are people... When am I going to walk past someone on the street and I'm going to hear about a post they saw on X? Right. I I wonder. That's like I am so curious to see if that will ever happen. But I mean, you highlight something really interesting. Tweet, retweet. What do you think they were thinking? Because I don't know if now Elon alone, maybe it's he's the owner and he calls the shots. But we read Linda's memo. <laughs> you know, she's she's saying this is a once in a lifetime experience to be at the ground level of a world changing event. And this is it. What do you think about that? Well, a couple of things. E Elon Musk, I'm not in his head. I wish I could be, honestly. Um, so I, <laughs> I'm not sure what his driving factor was for making that decision. And, you know, I. I haven't read that memo. I haven't read it in full, rather, admittedly. But what I do know is that I read some of the um, finance industry's response to this, which I thought was interesting. So some finance experts that Fortune reported said that Musk's decision wiped out anywhere between $4 billion and $20 billion in value. Just let that Because like, of the name billion. Twitter is gone. Yes. And the hmm. perception of Twitter's brand has changed. And this is a quote from Elon Musk himself. 50% of advertising revenue, 50% of advertising revenue at Twitter was, was down since October. So I'm not sure if there's a response to that. I mean, Twitter makes a lot of its money by way of advertising. So because of the revenue being down, I'm not sure if part of this had to do with with that and expanding the platform's usage, if you will, might give people more of a space to advertise. But I'm not sure, again, I wish I was in Elon Musk's head. I'm not sure that that's why advertisers left in the first place. So I wonder if he's investigated a little bit deep, deeper why they left in the first place, because I don't believe that it was because there wasn't enough space for them. There was. They were making. It, millions and millions of dollars in advertising revenue. So it's a curious, it's a curious one to me. And you're right. I, I, my sister sends me tweets all the time. And so does one of my friends, my <laughs> friend Kasha sends me apparently. tweets. Yeah. And so I just can't imagine having a conversation with you or anyone, Ren, being like, Hey, did you see that X? <laughs> did you see that X? I, what? <laughs> Did you see that X post? Did you see, it just doesn't roll off the tongue. And like I said, like brand recognition like that, takes 
a very, very long time to establish. So I don't know, maybe he has enough money that he just sees it as a play play toy and he can just see what happens. I don't know. Well, I mean, honestly, when I, again, I'm going to cite this article that I kept reading. When I read it, it said Twitter's replacing its well-known bird logo for this new one. So I thought, okay, that mm -hmm. small image that's representative of Twitter is going away. I had no idea that they were changing the name. <laughs> and, and so, but I, you know, I wonder, like, does it matter? We often talk about reputation and brand at CCL. Reputation is what you're known for. Brand is what you want to be known for. And I, I kind of tongue in cheek mentioned this idea of the everything app up top, because that's what the CEO is saying, like that, that this is the first step in X representing more than than what Twitter was or more than what Twitter could be. And maybe this is the beginning of the neural network that Elon's going to build. And I could see if that's like the future of our existence. But right now, it seems volatile. It seems strange. It seems mm, hard to track. Now, I will say, I can imagine Elon might scoff at the money men and say, well, my, my, the value of Twitter is only existent in the ephemeral market that is perception anyway. And until people stop sending you X's, like, does it functionally matter? I think most people use it the same way. You already mentioned that. And, like, yeah. and Twitter's or X's user numbers aren't really down despite the rebrand. So it all seems utterly irrelevant. Yeah, I think it's utterly irrelevant probably to me and you. And if we go back to, to the advertisers for just a moment, like Twitter's source of income, their source of profit, their main source of profit came from advertisers. So that's curious to me. Like if a business rebrands, generally it's because their consumer base or how they make profit has changed. So the advertisers that Twitter had, their need, their quote unquote, their needs changed, which brought revenue down. And that was because of the advertisers. And the reason why advertisers left in mass the reason they left is because they were concerned about Elon Musk's multiple and various and ongoing controversies and his embrace of um, users on Twitter who constantly broke the rules and the rules having a major impact. These were things like bullying, harassment, mm -hmm. uh, doxing, racism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's why they left. And so he might very well be expanding the platform's capability. Is that going to matter to advertise? Like advertisers are his source of income. So I'm I'm just curious about his intention there as it relates to how the company will make money. Because you don't I don't have to pay to be on Twitter. So well, user the well, well, right now. Right now. Well, you do if you want a blue check mark. If you hey, want a blue Instagram, check mark on X. Do you know on Instagram oh. you can also pay to have so you don't have to pay. But somebody who's non-famous like me or you, I could pay right now to have a blue check mark on Instagram. Okay. So they, whoever, they have better branding for that. You know, I think it's, it's interesting when we start to think about X and, and I was reacting to some of your reflections. And it's so funny thinking about Twitter or thinking about X and having to pay to use the platform. And, and, and I think I was hearing you maybe a little bit more clearly than I did earlier around. So Elon's premises, our advertisers needs shifted. So don't worry, advertisers, I'm bringing you the app of the future. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And it sounds like your premise and some of the smart money out there is like, hey, you're learning the wrong lesson here, my friend. Their needs shifted because you uh, no longer provided what they needed. And right. so it sounds like maybe, you know, the ad money's down. And, and I don't even know if Elon really believes that this is a chance to shift his attention to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he believes he needs their money necessarily. But it does represent something you highlight around like what our responsibilities are. You know, when we think of like why ad money left and about who he's supporting. And we can spin back the threads. And most recently, I think threads in the news because voting rights groups are reaching out to them. I mean, the CEO of Vote.org, Andrea Haley, reached out to Mark Meta. I don't know. It's it's hard to say which of the Cerebus. Is that an apt metaphor? No. What's the lizard with the many heads? I don't know. The Hydra. The Hydra. It's hard to say what head of the Hydra is which. But anyway, Andrea is talking to and saying, like, if you have that many people threads, you have a great responsibility to the people that are on that platform. And so we're asking for a real plan, how you're going to navigate voting language and misinformation and disinformation on your platform ahead of this voting cycle. So I think one way or another, people are wanting people to like some accountability, whether it's Twitter or X or threads, maybe threads will rebrand and it'll be like wise uh, after they fail to meet needs. I don't know. Well, That's an interesting talking point as well that we might need to sidebar, but the bigger picture on everything that you just mentioned and some of the things that I mentioned too about why advertisers left Twitter, a lot of that comes down to regulation and the internet in general is technology is moving faster than regulatory affairs, period. (laughs) And so it's hard to keep up with that. It's just, it's hard to keep up with that. And as I understand it, Companies are being encouraged to regulate themselves when there are literal lobbyists and literal people who work in politics to regulate this kind of thing. And the bigger picture is that who should be regulating tech? And there's mixed opinions on that. So if regulation comes from Twitter itself, then it's limited, right? But then there are some arguments that if we have government regulating technology, that's overreach from the government. Again, we don't necessarily need to get into that right now, but there is a bigger picture to look at for sure. Well, who should be regulating it? I don't know. You don't know? I knew you were going to ask me that. (laughs) I do. I do. And I... We're, we're 26 minutes in, so let's not go there. <laughs> I we would be happy time. to go there with you on a different podcast. <laughs> we don't have time. Meet us on our other podcast. Uh, it has a different title. Yeah, you know, there's a, a lot of things, I think, and some of what you're reflecting on is, as I observe this from an outsider, especially an outsider who does not care. Ugh. Like, sometimes I read about this stuff and I'm just like, look, do not care about threads or tweets or X's. I do not use social. And so if I'm a leader who doesn't care, but who has people who do care, or I'm someone on a team who has a leader who cares about this stuff or who works in an environment where I need to care, what are some of the lessons that I can start to pull out of these conversations that we've had, whether it's like innovation or rebranding or stupid new names or, or tools that we don't need? Help help me make sense of this for like a normal person. Sure. <laughs> sure. No problem. <laughs> I think we can broaden this conversation a bit because right now we're talking about tech companies and you and I are always keen to give leaders in all types of organizations some takeaways. 
So for, for me, where my brain goes is talking about innovation. When's it time to innovate? You know, do we need to innovate? How can we keep up with the market trends and market dynamics? And at CCL, our research has found that everyone can and should play a role in the innovation space, regardless of the leader level. So if you're leading innovation at your workplace, if you are someone who leads innovation and change and newness, your work really involves championing that process in order to get some traction on a solution. And I think the challenges that come with innovation, again, this is broadly speaking, can be unique. Sometimes the need is to get a solution out to the world quickly. And sometimes the challenge is to really balance the creativity and not over-innovate and not change for the sake of change. So I think a takeaway that sticks with me is that CCL's research has found that innovation can be a process, much to uh, some people who are very innovative think that it needs to be this off-the-cuff and all ideation. And that's not necessarily the case. So the innovation process itself can happen in four stages. The first one is clarification. So understanding the market demands if you're a leader, right? Understanding the market demands and framing the challenge that's specific to your industry and in a way that encourages creativity from your people. And then comes the ideation, which involves generating, refining, selecting ideas. From there, you develop the concept and you might have prototypes. Again, this depends on your industry, right? But from there, there's the development of the idea. And then after that's the implementation of it. So I think as an innovation leader, it's really important to know that there can be a process to it. We don't often talk about innovation as a process and that all four phases need to happen. And you might bounce back and forth between, you know, two and three and one and four until you get it right. So innovation is not necessarily a smooth process, but it can be a process. Mm -hmm. And something that seems true to me in the innovation process or the change process or whatever process, and, and we spoke to this a little bit earlier, is is what I'm going to call this identity science. It's like whatever we're innovating around, you've got to help me navigate my attachments to what's going on. And so maybe it's attachment science is really what I'm talking about because I'm attached to the idea of Twitter and tweets. So what does X even mean to me? Or I'm attached to the idea of using Twitter, therefore I'm going to use it versus threads because I've been using it for 10 years. Or when I have to innovate, I expect innovations around me, but I don't know if I'm super excited to change my own processes because I've grown attached to them. And so what do you think about that? Like, think about the attachments you hold today. TikTok, for instance. What would it take to have you leave TikTok? And even if a tool was out there that gave you exactly what TikTok Let's would, use a different example, you if you don't mind, because I have, I have like fantasized about leaving sure. social media altogether, but that's a, that's a whole other topic. So maybe let's, <laughs> let's take Starbucks because I, I go to okay, Starbucks to and next. some people gasp at that still, Okay, but I go to Starbucks because yeah. of a, it's down the street. It's the closest <gasps> coffee shop to me. B Edwin and Heather, if you're listening, Edwin and Heather give the greatest customer experience that I've found anywhere. Truly. They see me walk in the door and they'll start making my drink and they ask how I am and they know about the dog and everything, right? So they're so kind, Edwin and Heather. And it's All a right. consistent All experience. Right, Ed, Heather. So I think when we're talking about consumer needs, it really depends on your, your consumer base. So you are right. Human beings have predictable responses to change. That's true. 
and that also comes with branding. Like if you remember when Facebook rebranded, I think they rebranded twice in their life. Does anyone call Facebook meta? Anybody? Well, Facebook is still right. Facebook. It's just under the meta brand. Facebook, the company. Right. But my point is no, nobody refers. Nobody. Re- yeah. But do they refer to meta? Yeah. People just refer to everything under meta as Facebook. And meta is bigger than just Facebook. That's my point. But when we're talking about yeah. uh, Facebook yeah. specifically, yeah. Yeah. no, let's go back to Twitter. When we're talking about Twitter, if you were an avid user, Ren, nothing actually changes for you. You still have all of your followers. Like if you're somebody who is a business or you're, a, you're somebody who's a paid influencer, for example, nothing actually really changes for you because you keep all of your same followers if they stay on Twitter. X, whatever. So that not that much changes. So for you, you're not attached to the brand, you're Correct. attached to the experience of the service. So if Edwin or Heather weren't at Starbucks, but then they went two miles down the road to work at Pete's coffee shop, you no, would go I to probably Pete's wouldn't coffee. because <laughs> it's Damn, Edwin, Heather, stop listening. She it's didn't the product mean it. too. I mean, right? she meant the, the first thing. She didn't I mean get it. is the same every time. I also know because We've all been, to, well, I'll speak for myself. I've been to a lot of Starbucks. You travel, you get your coffee, whatever. The experience is generally the same, right? This, the barista in the airport in Chicago might not know my name, but my experience is the same. It's almost exactly the same in every single Starbucks I go to. So I know what I'm going to get. Even when the line is 10 people deep, I know that they're going to be pretty efficient still. I know that. Versus with all the love in my heart, the coffee shop that's further down the street that's locally owned, they take between six to eight minutes to pour me a cup of coffee. <laughs> I'm in a hurry, people. I'm trying to get to work. Give me my coffee. Mm. There's probably a lot of reasons behind that. But regardless, it's the experience mm-hmm. and the consistency that in, in the guest experience that I get. Well, leaders and listeners, as we listen to Allison, part of what I think makes someone effective as a good team member mm-hmm is starting to identify what people care about. And Allison is an efficient human being. She cares about, you know, she's got stuff to take care of. So it's not only the consistent experience, but it's the time. It's that you value your time a lot. And so I, maybe, whether or not that's true, we can explore it. These are the things what I mean by like this attachment science. It's how do we then work with people to identify what they really care about and then give them that access. And so I think maybe if I was a leader and I'm listening or watching this fallout between threads and Twitter and who's going to win the battle and then TikTok's like, ooh, ooh, no, we we can do text also. I think what I'm really starting to learn from them is as you develop products or try to create buy-in in and around you, what are you doing to make sure that uh, you're aware of the problems that you're trying to solve? And so I don't know if X is trying to solve a problem so much as setting the foundation for it being an app of the future, which I expect it will be. And we might be telling it something different. But I think there's something to be said about your experience of I go to Starbucks not only because of Edwin and Heather, though they're a nice treat, but for the consistency and for the speed. Mm -hmm. Yep. I know what I'm going to get every single time. And Ren, you and I recorded a podcast sometime last year actually may have been 2021, so you can correct me if I'm wrong here, where we talked about virtual reality being the wave of the future. And I'm still waiting for that to happen. So Elon Musk, again, he's a very successful human being. I'm not arguing that. 
but he might not be right here. He might not be right here. I, I will also tell you, I went to Whole Foods yesterday. And I'm, I'm getting us off track, but this will come full circle. You have an yeah. option. You, you got an option to pay now with your palm, <laughs> which I might just date myself. Here, yeah. But that sort of freaked me out a little bit. I just don't know. I think there are some things that will catch on and there's some that won't. And that speaks to the ability of Elon Musk and some others, right, to be able to take risks. They can take broader risks like this, where most companies don't have that kind of wealth and power to be able to jeopardize their entire company. So he might have his pulse on what's coming, but he also might be wrong. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk, I mean. Yeah, there's something about that, because like you've been saying, the fact that tweet is a verb goes a long way to say, hey, I'm like Mm -hmm. rebranding as opposed to you're some startup and you just got a follower and then you rebrand and no one can find your website anymore. I don't even know. I mean, they can't. They can't be X, right? Isn't Twitter.com still a thing? I don't know. I'm not on it. It's gonna be weird when it turns into X.com. And God knows, if you're not already on there, you better like buy up all the X and and multiple X's accounts that you can. What a great opportunity to brand for yourself. So when you when you go to Twitter. It's still. I just looked to check myself. Uh, and so. You go to, it's still Twitter.com, but yeah. when the window pops up to sign in, interestingly, it says sign in to Twitter, but then right above the twi- where it says sign into Twitter is a big X instead of the bird. Is it an X or is it just it's... a flat T? <laughs> I think it just might be a I flat T. I don't see T. the T, but, but I digress. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I think, no, I think you, you raised something interesting around like, what what it looks like to test the product when you have a huge consumer base, the hand scan is one of them. And I think I was walking by an Amazon store in the other in the airport the other day. And it was one of those like, um, don't pay, like grab what you want and walk out kind of things. And I think that one even like might link your freaking facial recognition to the thing. So there's all sorts mm-hmm. of features coming our way. So, I mean, CyberNet's here. Uh, But when I, again, try to zoom this down to something that we can do today about this is, you know, you said something that's interesting. Don't change for change's sake. And it's hard to investigate what someone like Elon or even Linda is thinking when they rebrand this way. And, And I do believe they believe it's the first step in a long set of dominoes. But for those of you who might be trying to change your appearance or be trying to alter your communications to those in and around you. Make sure that you know Allison cares about Edwin <laughs> and Heather, but also is an efficient person who wants it to show up the same way every single time, right? Like, I got to know that about the people who I work with. I should know that about you. I've got a Starbucks gift card coming your way, my friend. I'm just talking coffee here, Ren. Like, <laughs> about my product, yes. Yeah, I know. I think it's a great <laughs> metaphor for life. Fair enough. Allison, Fair enough. Okay, so then what's one tip you're going to give a leader? <laughs> to navigate all of this uh w- one tip i'm going to give a leader is identify for yourself what it is and why it is you stay attached to certain things or products identify what would make you leave twitter or better yet if you use twitter what <laughs> would ever make you call it x and if you don't what's the corresponding thing for you if you wear sneakers would anything ever make you change your brand and if it would identify why that way you can like cultivate a lexicon to use with other people as opposed to exploring like well let's change your values allison like well that's a weird conversation 
as opposed to, hey, I've identified a little bit around why I care about this thing. And it made me think a little bit around you, Allison. And I know you like efficiency and I know you like consistency. And thirdly, maybe nice people, but, you know, only thirdly. So let's talk about teaming. And I think that's what I'd give a leader, like identify in yourself first so then you can cast a vision outward. Awesome. That's great. And I would say I'll leave I'll leave leaders with two questions you can ask yourself when it comes to innovation. It's really important to know that much like Ren was just speaking about values and such, leaders have preferences around the innovation process. Uh, So if you are an innovative person, a lot of innovative people really like the ideation part of innovating, but you need to recognize the whole process, the four steps of that. So ask yourself what parts of the process come most easily to you and what needs to happen to bring others in your team or your organization to help you move that process forward. So again, I'll remind you, the innovation process is clarification, ideation, then you develop, and then you implement. My guess is that a lot of leaders probably like that ideation phase, but you need to have all four. So ask yourself what your preference is, get others involved. (laughs) And then maybe run next time we can talk about the uh, regulation. Love it. (laughs) If we want. Yeah. Let's talk about the industrial complexes that. Yes, that'll be fun for everyone. I'm sure uh, exists around the world. That'll be exciting. Well, as as usual, Ren, great talking to you. I have a coffee sitting upstairs <laughs> in my office that's calling my name. I'm not. I'm not even yeah. kidding you. I'll send you a picture. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet about it, and <laughs> I'll x about it. It'll be my yeah, first first tweet in what, about like twelve years or something. You should. Regardless. Great to talk to you. Great to see you. To our listeners, you can oh, find man. our show notes and all of our podcasts on yeah. ccl.org. As always, special thank you to Emily and Ryan who work behind the scenes to make our podcast happen. You can find us on LinkedIn. Let us know what you want us to talk about next and what you think about X slash Twitter. <laughs> and we'll look forward to tuning in next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Allison. Thanks, everyone. And again, don't remember, find Allison on. Uh-huh.